Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. It is episode 41 of the podcast, and it's our first in-season edition of this podcast. Uh, during the fantasy season, what we will be doing is we will be talking to you about the waiver wire cheat sheet available at RosterWatch.com. We're going to get into it quickly. These are going to be quick-hitting podcasts where we just kind of touch on a couple of the key players. But we'd like to ask you uh, to please give the podcast a five-star rating and a good review if you enjoy this waiver wire edition of the podcast. Doing so is easy. Just go inside your your uh, podcast app, search for Roster Watch. Uh, whenever you see Roster Watch pop up, just click that. Uh, click the. Um, Click what auto-populates on Roster Watch Podcast. What will come up is a page that shows you like a feed of our shows, plus at the very bottom left, sort of a, a piece of album art. This says RW, Maniacal NFL Analysis. Just click on that. Uh, it gives you the ability to then go into the ratings page, give us five stars, give us good reviews. We would love to see those before getting into doing this next week because we are busy as a motherfucker right now. So it, this, this, this really cuts into a key part of the day. So if you like them, please just go give us a good rating and a good review. Byron is joining us on the road once again, heading from Austin, Texas to Dallas, Texas. He has turned in. The waiver wire cheat sheet, the first iteration of it that will occur 16 times over the course of the season. Byron, always a busy time getting into week two of the season and always a very important week on waivers here after week one. Now that we're seeing how a few of these situations are shaking out. Uh, barely heading into week two and your hair's been on fire all day. You having fun yet, Alex? God damn it, man. It's If it's not one thing, it's the next. With getting this cheat sheet up, dealing with trash man that hadn't gotten his fucking article in yet. I'm having to break... I'm having to... I'm doing this thing where I'm watching every end zone... I'm doing... I'm, I'm, I'm reading back play-by-play data and watching every uh, snap of the NFL season that looks like it might have in- resulted in a red zone or in an end zone target so we can start keeping end zone target database here keep an eye for that end zone target report to come out weekly probably on Wednesdays or Thursdays I'm having to do the stuff where I'm watching back the Texas game we have this podcast to get up and then you know after all that I'm gonna you know have to somehow find time to you know edit edit trash man's column so yeah definitely a and then put in waivers well, myself. Roster Watch Nation needs to know that this time of year, Alex is putting in the work of about four to five trash men. <laughs> so Jesus. He's, working, he's working really, really hard for you guys. Probably he's putting in the work of about three normal humans yeah. himself, or probably four to, four to five trash men, yeah. maybe even six yeah. on a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is the inaugural edition of the Waiver Wire podcast. I'm super stoked about this. I think this is a critical. Uh, 
piece of content for our community. I think this is going to be a timely piece of content that's going to be proved very effective for uh, the business as well. So, uh, let's make an introduction to the waiver wire cheat sheet. You know, first and foremost, if you've used our legendary three-step draft cheat sheet, the ultimate draft cheat sheet to uh, draft your initial rosters throughout the month of August, um, this tool, the waiver wire cheat sheet, uh, is made in the very similar, similar, similar light. I'm sorry. And so any of you who use the draft cheat sheet, I am quite confident that you're going to open up the waiver wire cheat sheet for your first time and know exactly how to use it. It's simple, it's intuitive, and what it is, it is a cross-positional, value-based waiver wire tool, and it factors in, it does give indicators uh, for uh, free agency uh, budget bidding if you're in that type of format. And it's an extremely, extremely deep tool. It's great for deep leagues. It's great for if you're just looking for sleepers, if you're in a competitive league like Alex and I are. We're in, we're in a deep, competitive 12-team league. And in that league, you got to really scour through some of the uh, bare bones of the waiver wire. And so we make sure and always put some really good options on there. There's usually about 50 players uh, and defenses on the waiver wire cheat sheet every week. And simply put, it, it's meant so that our subscribers – can make the same exact moves on their waiver wire every single week of the season that we personally make, and they can do it in just a few minutes every Tuesday of the week. And, you know, what we need to make clear here is, uh, in order for this to be effective, see, there's a lot of people who might be kind of donkeys, and they only look at the top waiver wire pickups of the week and they go on with their life if, they, if, they, if, if they're not interested. And those people are fools. And that's an average fantasy player. If you want to be an expert fantasy player, if you want to be a legendary member of Roster Watch Nation, what you're going to do is every single week you're going to be a trash man on Monday or Tuesday, and you're going to hell trash man knows on Sunday when you're in a gorilla waiver wire setup. He already knows one or two people that he can he, he can drop. So the first thing you need to do when you open the waiver wire cheat sheet every week, before you even open it, go to your roster and figure out do you even have anybody you can drop. If so, who is it, and how many people, uh, you know, how many players can you potentially drop from what position? So you need to know that you can have the space to even make an acquisition before you go through all, through, the, through this, you know, simple effort. Um, but what we recommend is that every week on average you recycle one to two of the garbage players at the bottom of your roster through the waiver wire, through free agency. And I mentioned... A lot of people are going to always go for the top guys, and if they can't get them, they're not interested. You'll see the waiver way the waiver wire cheat sheet is designed. Is we find some we find some of the guys at the bottom extremely valuable. It's just that their pricing is depressed, or their waiver priority is depressed, and so there's no need to have them so high on the sheet. But there's certainly going to be weeks where, for whatever reason, you don't need to go after the the highest guy on the sheet. Maybe you don't have a, a need at that position. Maybe you don't have want to spend that much of your free agent budget. Maybe you simply do not have the waiver claim priority. In that case, you're going to want to make sure every Tuesday, to, this is what the good players do, is they go from top to bottom of the waiver wire cheat sheet, and they see exactly who's available, and if it makes sense, they recycle one or two of the players on the bottom of their current roster in for uh, the uh, current version, the current week's version of the newest waiver wire cheat sheet. And certainly what we tell you also is if there's somebody like 
or you're you're bidding on the whole group of people, you're interested in all those guys that we have marked at less than 5% of free agent budget, you know, your best move a lot of times is just wait until Wednesday morning and go pick those guys up for free. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree too. And I, I'd also say that if you're debating about whether or not you should drop a player for a player on the on the waiver wire cheat sheet, look and see if the player you're thinking about dropping is below the players, you know, who we're saying to pick up, you know, and, and you guys who've used the cheat sheet will understand kind of what I'm saying, but let's say you're wondering if you should drop Josh Doxson, who you should at this point probably drop. Um, you know, just look and see on the waiver wire cheat sheet how far down he is there on the cheat sheet, and if there's somebody up above him, which there are, that's available in your league, then that's a player who's, who's suitable to drop. Of course, our pro community can always come ask us in the comments section of any article at rosterwatch.com whether they should drop, uh, you know. There's always questions. We understand. So we try to get to as many of them as we can. You know, should I drop this guy for this hot waiver wire pickup? Should I drop this guy? Uh, you can always get with us there in the comments at rosterwatch.com. We try our best to get to as many as we can. But we ask that you be a little bit patient with us during this uh, during this busy time, it's not like we can, you know, be there to answer your question within, you know, two minutes or something like that. As some people apparently uh, feel feel like they're owed for the cheap, for the price of a cheap cup of coffee for their for their membership, based on um, a few, based on a few people's interactions with me today. I've seen something this last week that really is beginning to warm my heart. It's the kind members and neighbors of Roster Watch Nation, I've seen reaching out in the comments section to help each other. And look, that's fantastic. This is a self-sourced community. And look, we ask you on every podcast to please come give us a five-star review for iTunes. The second thing I would ask you guys, please get in the comments section. Be an active member of the Roster Watch Nation community. Help your fellow members of Roster Watch Nation. Answer their questions. Share your ideas. <laughs> Here's the thing. Our intelligence as a community is greater than any of us individually. So it's really helpful if we can all do that. And look, like Alex said, we get in there and we answer absolutely as many of these questions personally as we can. We love talking to you guys directly and giving you guys all the help we possibly can, like it's our own fantasy team. You know, but realistically speaking, it's really nice if, if uh, this can be a, a community effort. So we encourage all of you to get in there more often and be active, and we hope to all see, see you inside the lively community that's inside the comments section on the front page. Well, so let's just let, let's just get into the players, Byron. Um, you know, a couple guys that popped off to me, uh, of course, Tariq Cohen, the 12-target monster, it looks like now with Kevin White out, and now, you know, all these wide receivers suck. Deontay Thompson sucks. Josh Bellamy sucks. Kendall Wright, he was chalk in DFS last week. We told all of our followers that that was something to, you know, something to tread tread lightly on. Even though at 3.2k, uh, not a not a bad value there. But it turned out that Kendall Wright was some pretty bad chalk in DFS. What 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 basically happened was is this is a team that decided to do everything outside of the running game through Tariq Cohen. Of course, we're talking about the Chicago Bears and the and the rookie Tariq Cohen, the human joystick. Uh, it seems to be like he's the next coming of Darren Sproles, a guy that we've been talking about uh, all all preseason, really, and and a guy that the trash man came away from his training camp tour visit to Chicago completely in love with. To me, the headliners are him and Corey Davis. Uh, I, I honestly, when I saw the waiver wire cheat sheet, I couldn't believe that Corey Davis is available in forty in fifty four percent of leagues. You know. How he was, I mean, we were taking him in the 10th round if he was available. So, um, you know, 
clearly those are the guys at the very top. What's you know what were your thoughts in the construction of it? Uh, you know, getting those guys to the level where they are on the actual sheet. Well, I mean, the cupboard is bare in Chicago. I mean, so, I mean, I, look, as a Jordan Howard owner, I'm not even really that worried about this for Howard. I mean, the fact is they're going to run, they're gonna have to get the running back so many touches in Chicago. It's a boon for everybody, and I think there's plenty of action for uh, Cohen. I mean, to me, it looks like it's trending towards the Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. You know, much like I think Jamal Charles, so you can come find out where he is on this week's waiver wire cheat sheet. As a matter of fact, he may be a better value than some of these guys you got to pay up for. He might be one of the guys I'm talking about that you want to kind of lay low on and get for a little cheaper. I think C.J. Anderson, Jamal Charles could be trending towards a Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, and I'm not surprised by that. We predicted that at Broncos training camp. I just didn't think it would start to happen this quickly because they were bringing Charles along so slow in camp off the knee injury, and he was so frustrated. But uh, it looks like uh, they're, they're starting to let him loose out there. So, um, yeah, no, that, that's a couple of things I'm seeing. You know what else I'm seeing on the cheat sheet, Alex, is that, um, you know, most people play in leagues these days where flex position is tight end eligible. And I think what a lot of people are going to do on the waiver wire is they're going to see they're not going to get the – wide receiver or running backs they want, and they're not going to think about looking at tight ends. I'd say there's three to five tight ends on most waiver wires right now that have the chance to be flex-worthy players. And in deep competitive leagues, you need those guys. I mean, it's better than having some garbage uh, wide receiver six on your bench or something like that. So um, I've got those guys all sorted out. There's two that showed us everything we need to see on Sunday to confirm what we've seen at training camp on the behalf of one of them in Napa Valley that we liked very, very much. Uh, and so you're going to want to come see who those two guys are. I think those are two tight ends that are potential starters the rest of the way for you. And then there's a couple more guys that I think are definitely flex-worthy potential stashes uh, at the tight end position. You saw Evan Ingram in that number 88 running around last that night for the Giants. We know he's a beast from our time seating, uh, scouting him at the Senior Bowl. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully there's more good things to come for him and the other tight ends that are uh, listed on this week's waiver wire cheat sheet. Yeah, Evan Ingram with the – I mean, if you didn't – if I'm pulling up our snap counts, targets, and touches database right now and just looking at it. But I he had, he had a much higher snap count than I would envision. 80, played on 86% of snaps, didn't have the greatest stat line with only uh, four receptions for 44 yards. But, I mean, that came on five targets. They were looking his way. He's out there 86% of the time, you know. So a player that's sick, one that they really want to get involved, just somebody to definitely keep an eye on. One guy I noticed that was a little bit higher up on our cheat sheet than he might be on some of the other uh, industry ones that I've kind of poked around and looked at today uh, was was Marquise Lee? What was it that? What was it about Marquise Lee that you loved so much that you wanted to get him up that high on the cheat sheet? I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the at the snap counts and targets. Only four targets for him for no catches in in week one. Uh, it looks like he played 83 percent of snaps though. I mean, there's a lot of receivers who had shitty games yesterday, so I don't know that we can just draw everything from that. And so look, that that game was that. That, that Jacksonville, they won on a defensive effort. That offense, Fournette is good, but that passing offense is still, still it got, it's got some kinks to work out. I mean, I, I, this is what I think. I think we've seen Marquise Lee 
improve over the course of his career. We saw him come on pretty strong last year. Dave Caldwell talked to, to us about him at the Combine uh, with the way that Allen Robinson was starting to get locked up last year and, and Marquis Lee was starting to make his hay in this league. And now he's healthy and you say, Allen Robinson's gone, dude. Allen Hearns kind of sucks. D.D. Westbrook's got the sports hernia surgery. I mean, Marquis Lee is a decent receiver. He was a decent prospect. He's improved over his time in the NFL. I think he's the best receiver on their roster, and he's going to get volume, you know? So, I mean, it, trust me, it hurt me badly to have to put him over my sweetest, most golden angel, Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Exactly I couldn't. I couldn't believe. See, that, that's what I couldn't. That's what I couldn't believe. And I figured there was a method, there was some kind of method to your madness. With that being said, I would never take Marquise Lee over Cooper Cup. Person, I mean, not in a PPR league. I know that this is kind of gauged to .5 PPR, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think those two basically on the sheet should be considered well, interchangeable. Cup had four receptions yesterday too. I mean, he's not going to be a. He's going to have games, some games with ball. Look, I love Cooper Cup. I'm never going to say a bad thing about him. I just. I think there's a situation here where Marquise Lee has a more direct line to volume every week. Yeah, and it and, could... You and, know, come on. Right. And, 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 let, let, we love Cooper Cup. I, I probably have Cooper Cup as a higher-rated prospect coming out of college than Marquise Lee. But, dude, Marquise Lee was a pretty sick prospect coming out. So, you know, you just say, well, I mean, you know, maybe I need to be kind of fair about this thing and not be overly biased towards Marquise Lee. You know, or against Marquise Lee. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, me personally, I still say Cooper Cup over Marquise Lee, but it, it's 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 splitting hairs, and you're the architect of this thing. I mean, here's the thing, man. It's just like the draft cheat sheet. We try to make this thing so simple that your three-year-old daughter can use it, but we do have to expect people to use some basic amount of common sense or rationale. And if you see the two guys touching, and they're both they're back-to-back on the waiver wire cheat sheet, and they're listed in the same pricing tier for free agent budget, but it's just, they're interchangeable, you know, virtually at that point. You know, you have some leeway to make your own decisions there, um, you know, but, uh, you know, for me, that's just the way it shook out based on the way I'm projecting uh, volume moving forward. Uh, Buck Allen, uh, speaking of those tiers, Buck Allen in a tier with only one other player there just below Tariq Cohen. Um Talk a little bit about Buck Buck Allen. You've always been a Buck Allen. You've always been a Buck Allen truther. Um, you know now with, with Danny Woodhead out. I, I mean, I certainly see it. Let me pull up the snap counts and the targets and touches and stuff. But I know that Buck Allen, after Danny Woodhead went out, he outsnapped uh, Terrence West. It looks like um, he got 51% of snaps. Terrence West got 41% of snaps. Where uh, Buck Allen got 21 touches. West got 19 touches. Terrence West did get the touchdown, but uh, from my viewing of the game, Buck Allen looked like the better player. Certainly, we know for a fact that he's the better uh, receiving option out of the backfield. This is a team that has built a game plan uh, revolving around a guy like Danny Woodhead being there in the passing game. I don't think that they plan on uh, just deserting that entire game plan, and I think that that's where Buck Allen fits in perfectly. I think that he's the guy, whenever we look back at look back at this weekend of um of action in this uh, ensuing week two of waivers he could be the guy that everybody's you know slapping themselves on the forehead and saying why did i not put in my top waiver claim for this guy well i mean you remember the monsters he was putting in a couple of years ago at the end of the season at dk and DraftKings that are ppr format i mean part yeah. of the reason i put him where he's at is because we are catering to so many ppr 
subscribers these days. That's kind of how I split the hair with the guy that's right behind it. That you'll have to come to rosterwatch.com and see the week two waiver wire cheat sheet to see exactly how all these, all these players are ordered and what the strategy and our recommendations are uh, uh, that correspond to each of them. Uh, but look, I mean, yeah, I mean, Buck Allen was a monster. In PPR, he's got a potential monster situation. Are you at all concerned that they've come out and said Danny Woodhead is now only out for four to six weeks? Or do you think Buck Allen has a chance to no. lock up a pretty good role in that time? Yes, he's going to and, and what it won't be yeah. back, and when he does get back, he's going to get hurt again. I mean, he's like I like, uh, like we've yeah. saying all offseason, yeah. he's, he's too old and he's too hurt. Yeah, and I really truthfully don't think you can afford to look more than four to six weeks ahead anyways when you're making these moves. No. Unless you're going to spend a whole bunch of your budget on this kind of 10%, 15% free agent budget move. You know, I think it's okay if you're getting four to six weeks out of them. That's the meat of the fantasy season. These are the, these are the games you've got to be winning right now anyways. We're trying to win right next week. We're trash men. We're, we're going to have to win it next week. And uh, we got to get the wins as, 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 every week as, they, as we can. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, Buck Allen, did. when you see that, that that running back death chart is completely barren, I've always been a – you say a Buck Allen truther. I feel like I'm a Buck Allen loyalist. And so, <laughs> yeah, let's get him up. This is a chance. I, my only concern is why the hell do the Ravens? keep pushing that kid to the back of the line. Yeah, it seems like I they don't, don't... I just don't yeah. get it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it I makes don't know. Me wonder, they don't like him internally. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, we've been high on him as a prospect. He's been pretty good when he's played, and they just keep burying that guy. So, you know, what we'll say about Buck Allen, man, is I, I, my comparison to him coming out of USC was Fred Jackson. I'm not sure that's turned out to be completely accurate, but it was the... From the perspective of they don't really do anything flashy or special in any one area, but they kind of do everything very effective. And it all the sum is greater than the individual parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I noticed that Charles Clay looks like he's the highest tight end on here. Uh, certainly not a guy that anybody's getting excited to run to the wave wire and pick up, but I will make note that uh, I've, I've gone through 14 of the games so far, and as far as end zone targets in week one, Charles Clay is tied for second place with three end zone targets from Tyrod Taylor. Um, I believe he had seven targets on the day. Let me look and make sure that that's, that that's actually correct, but I believe that I'm correct in saying that he had seven targets on the day. Uh, Charles Clay, the, top, the Buffalo Bills tight end, that is. Uh, no, he had nine targets on the day for uh, four receptions and 53 yards and a touchdown. So uh, it's just like, you know, it was my observation from the every preseason fallout pod that we did here at Roster Watch was that once Sammy Watkins went, you know, that was a it was a Charles Clay target monster. I think it's going to continue. You look at Zay Jones. He only got four targets. Jordan Matthews, only three targets. Shady McCoy had six targets. Charles Clay had the nine-target monster on that whole entire team. I don't think that's going to be changing because it, it, it falls directly in line with our preseason observations. It just seems like who the tie god has kind of kind of attached onto. So if you were somebody who, you know, didn't 
pay up or use much draft capital at the tight end position. Most of you guys that use the, the draft cheat sheet probably didn't pay up much at the tight end position because simply it's not a position you should pay up for in drafts. The reason why is because Charles, guys like Charles Clay, guys like Jared Cook, these guys present themselves during a fantasy season as undrafted free agents that you can pick up off of waivers. So um, you know, make sure and go go check out where we have him on the cheat sheet, the the, the free agent uh, the free agent bidding estimate that we are recommending for him this week. And if, if, if you're in need at tight end, I think that you could find a whole lot worse options than Charles Clay. Yeah, well, let me, since you mentioned Sammy Watkins, let me take a quick aside before I get to tight end. Uh, who do you think is going to score more fantasy points this season, Cooper Cup or Sammy Watkins? I mean, you figure that Sammy Watkins at some point is going to work his way in there to, you know, siphon off some of that stuff from Cooper Cup. You also have to think about... They're not going to get to play the shitty uh, Indianapolis Vontae Davis list Indianapolis Colts every week, you know. So I don't know. It's 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 hard to it's hard to say if we could expect that kind of game like the Rams played this this weekend every week from from Jared Jared Goff and and McVay there with the there in Los Angeles. I mean, I'd say that it, it'd be a mega monster for both those guys. You've heard it here for the last year. All we said is, look, we don't know how this thing's going to shake out, but we're giving kudos to the Rams organization for doing everything they possibly can. Not even just personnel on the roster, the coaching staff, everything, from the quarterback coach to the uh, offense coordinator to the head coach, everything they did was for Jared Goff. And they're really putting that that thing in a position to succeed. And like I said, when I came back from camp, man, there's going to be throwing pains. It's going to still be a roller coaster, but that thing is going to at least look like a professional fucking offense under Sean McVay with some energy to it. And, you know, Goff started starting to look like maybe that guy who could toss the ball around a little bit that we saw come out of Cal. Um, back to the tight end for a second. Look, Jared Cook is my guy. And I have, and I, I mean, I'd go pick him up right now if I needed a tight end. As a matter of fact, if I needed a flex, the low end flex option, I'd even consider it. Um, you'll see where he is on the waiver wire cheat sheet when you come check it out. But uh, Charles Clay, I guess you're, the concern is you know, Clay was a guy that was good, right? And then last year you think he's going to be good, and all of a sudden he, he disappears because it's Tyrod going to the wide receivers more. It's you know, Robert Woods and Watkins. And somehow, so then he starts to worry a little bit, but then you see that the cover's bare wide receiver, at least at the beginning of the season in Buffalo. And Charles Clay just seems to be the benefactor with a lot of volume. I don't know if it's going to last. Will this, will this, once Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones and these guys acclimate to this offense, will Tyrod start to go back to the wide receivers and away from the tight end? I'm not entirely sure. It's a close call. Jared Cook's my guy, but based on volume, Charles Clay is uh, rightfully belongs to uh, a top to waiver wire tight end. And, and what we need to mention to the listeners is, that the waiver wire cheat sheet only contains players that are available in uh, over 50% of leagues like worldwide, you know, standard and PPR leagues. It's your normal league that you play ESPN, Yahoo, NFL.com, all those. And so, we're, we, we, you know, we can make a waiver wire list that's a million miles long if we put every player on there, but we want to put players on there that more than likely you'll have a crack to get on your own waiver wire. 
Yeah, and, and whenever you do it, you're, you're going to have to drop a player on your roster. So you bring up Zay Jones. Um, I just like, look, before we get out of here, because uh, I, I got to get out of here. I know you got to get out of here. But before we do, let's, let's just get, like, let's go over a few names and you tell the listeners whether or not that's a player that you can be dropping right now for one of the higher guys on, on the waiver wire cheat sheet. Uh, let's just talk about, say, let's pretend that they're wanting to pick up guys in those top two tiers, all right? Um, if you have these guys on your team, uh, how about, I think Josh Doxson can be safely dropped at this point, right? If you need to, I mean, I'm not dropping him in a league I have him in, but I don't need to drop him. So, if there's somebody higher up on the sheet you want, yeah, he can be dropped. How how about Jamal Williams? After it looks like he's a complete afterthought, and that's a Ty Montgomery running situation there in Green Bay. Well, I mean, he was the guy that got the carries when Ty Montgomery went out with the, with the bum ankle for a few plays. So that showed me that if there is a backup that you want, it probably is Jamal Williams. I'm not. Eager, I'm, you know, some of the guys we list on the waiver wire cheat sheet aren't, aren't necessarily because we're recommending that you should play them this week, but these are guys that you should just be aware of that are out there in case you're a Ty Montgomery owner. You know, you need to see Jamal Williams on the waiver wire cheat sheet every week, and maybe you're going to pick him up one of these weeks when you got a roster spot, and maybe it'll save your ass when Ty Montgomery finally goes down. Right, right, but I'm saying if they have Jamal Williams and they want to pick up a Tariq Cohn, do you oh, drop yeah, him? Drop him. Okay. That, well, well, that's well, that's well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, what I'm saying is, let's go over some names of players, and that if if okay. the, if these are players that these that these uh, listeners own, that, oh, the that, top tier guys. yeah, okay. that that they're okay to drop for those guys in the top tier, the top two okay. two-ish tiers. All right. Um, how? Just the kind of the. These are just some that have been asked of of me today, and this is a tough one. What about Deontay Foreman? Now with Bill O'Brien saying that they're going to get him more involved this week? Deontay is one of the super high upside, low-cost, depressed-priced wire guys. You know, that's what it's, it's kind of tricky. I mean, you know, the list has something to do with the pricing and the priority that's going to require to get these guys. You know, just like ADP is baked into the draft cheat sheet, and it's not just rankings. There's kind of that element there, so... Yeah, Deontay, you're saying it's tough. He's, he's quite a bit lower on the cheat sheet than like a Tariq Cohen, but you're saying it's a little tougher than needs the eye. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a tough I deal. The, I have him on the top of the heap. I have him on the, the bottom, the cheap high upside heap. That's basically where I have him. But, yeah, I mean, if, you've got a, if you can get a guy from the very top of the waiver wire cheat sheet, if, even if it's a foreman at the top of that bottom heap, if it's, they're separated by a few groups like that, man, you can drop them. Sure. What about Zay Jones? I mean, who who can I don't? I mean, I could, you'd be thinking about an ag. I mean, Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'd, I would drop drop him for Cup. Probably. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how that we'll see how that shakes out. I I I would drop him for Cup and Marquise Lee. I'd what? certainly drop him for Corey Davis. What about Aguilar? I'm not so sure. I'd have to think long and hard about that one. Okay. What about Rex Burkhead? That's a that's one we get asked a whole lot about in the comments today. Yeah, I mean, I don't give a shit about owning any Patriots running back. <laughs> I mean, maybe it maybe it's my uh, a, a fallacy of mine. It's just no, I don't think I don't think Rex Burkhead. I mean, 
if I'm going to own anybody, it's got to be Gillisley, right? And I don't really want anybody else. No, I mean, I don't. I think the, I'm, I'm not really even stoked about Gillisley unless it's a standard. I think that James White is probably worth an own based on the way that, you know, his usage kind of looked like it was shaping up. But I, I'm not thrilled to do you it. Do you think James White, is he better than a Sproles or a Chris Thompson in PPR? I'm not. I mean, maybe. Uh, his, I just think I'm, I'm not excited about any of those idiots. So, I mean, I, yeah, he's probably about the same. So he's about the same. Chris Thompson is a good friend of the Roster Watch radio program. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, all right. So I'm, I don't mean it about him personally. I just mean as a fantasy asset. I'm not, I'm not too excited about a, you know, about I, – I know he had the big, nice – you know, with that big, nice reception on, the, on Sunday versus Philadelphia. But I don't think that that kind of – I don't think that that kind of production is really that sustainable for him. I mean, he only played – 48% of snaps. I, I, I guess he did have five targets. Uh, but, you know. I mean, I, I think he's, use, he's useful as long as it's a two-man rotation until P. Ryan starts to crack that deal, which is another interesting guy you're going to want to come and see where I've placed Samaje P. Ryan on the waiver wire cheat sheet because I know a lot of people are ready to throw him in the garbage already. And, boy, Rob Kelly sure didn't look very good this week. No, Rob Kelly looked like trash. So, all right, so uh, well, just what we're talking about, P. Ryan, do you drop him to pick up Tariq Cohen? I think you have to. But then when somebody does do that, maybe maybe P. Ryan's a guy that you go sniff around and, and get for free uh, out of free well, agency you, this week. You, you could be dropping last, you know, this year's Jordan Howard for this year's Kevin Coleman. Yeah. If you make that move. Well, you see. So it remains to be seen, you, you know, but that's and essentially you got, what could happen. And, and, and you got to remember, man, like, Week one doesn't always tell us the full story. Last year in week one, Jeremy Langford was the starting running back for the Chicago Bears. So, um, yeah. I, you know, so just on that whole Jordan Howard tip, like there's still a chance that Samaj P. Ron could be the next Jordan Howard. All right, so that is Byron Lambert, co-founder at Roster Watch. Uh, my name is Alex Dunlap. This is Roster Watch. This is the Roster Watch podcast, episode 41 for Byron Lambert, for the trash man, for the disgusting uh, well, the, the robot genius isn't disgusting, but he's certainly per- perverted. For the little pervert robot genius and all of Roster Watch Nation, we will see you next time. <laughs>